Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And the Oscar goes and to... And the Oscar goes and the Oscar to... Oscar goes to... My only object in being here is to try and get at the truth. What shall I go? What shall I do? He's looking at you, kid. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Could have been a contender. Fasten your... I could have been somebody. They can only kill me with a golden bullet. What have I done? Call me Mr. Tibbs. I'm gonna make him an offer, kid. All real man. Love is... is love. Too weak a word. Stay back. I, I know you. I know I love you. I, I, I love you. I did as you saw. Don't laugh! If there's something wrong, it's wrong with the instructions. This ain't reality TV! Respect it and validate it. Remember that you told me? It's time, Robbie. Welcome to the next Best Picture Podcast. Moonlight. Best Picture. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 72 of the Next Best Picture Podcast. I am your host, Matt Neglia, and joining me for this episode, we have Mr. Will Mavity. Hey, everybody. Dan Howitt. Hello. And Deanne Kiazese. Good evening. Full house today, everybody. Uh, and that's because the Golden Globes just finished airing a few minutes ago. We have all joined here together to give our thoughts on the night uh, overall. So um, ultimately, we have a couple of things we want to talk about on this show, but it is a little late, so I don't want to keep everyone for too, too long. Um, I'll start off actually with uh, Deanne first. Overall impressions of the evening. What did you think uh, how uh, the Golden Globes went? Um, I think overall, when it's expected, I I dug, um, you know, the messaging and I thought that it wasn't too heavy handed. I thought everything was balanced um, around, um, obviously, you know, kind of the overreaching message of the night. Um, now, that being said, as far as the picks, my mind is blown um, a little bit by the amount of love for three billboards. And I know we're going to talk about that here in a bit and not necessarily because of how I feel about the film, just not as I predicted. So that's probably my biggest surprise of the night. Your husband's really rubbing in his uh, picks to you. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So for here's the other thing. My husband beat me in his predictions. He guessed four or five of the movie picks that I had wrong. And it's been a long night for me. Let's just put it that way. But we'll get into that later. All right. Dan, how about you? Yeah, I did. Uh, I did pretty terrible at picking the winners tonight. It, I I definitely didn't expect Three Billboards to have as much love as it did. I thought I thought the Globes would really dig Shape of Water, so I predicted that a lot more than in I guess a, I should have. In a way, they did a little bit. You know, a little two bit. Two awards. Uh, one of them a big one. Director. You know, that stands. Yeah, uh, for sure. You know, that stands to you know be a pretty good thing considering uh, Alfonso Cuarón only one director at the Golden Globes that year for Gravity. The film goes on to win seven Oscars, so you know we might be on to something. Yeah, that's true. That's true. How about you, Will? Overall thoughts? I think it was a solid night. I mean, I enjoyed a lot of the jokes and humor. I didn't love the three billboard sweep, but I think this is the best thing that can happen to keeping a season exciting. Because I can all but guarantee the fact that everyone's going to start calling Three Billboards the front runner now means that it will not win on Oscar <laughs> night. Which means mm-hmm. that we don't have a film that sweeps the whole season. Can, can we just take a moment to appreciate uh, myself, everybody, 
<laughs> this is what we're doing. Okay. Because I said. Let's get it over with. <laughs> I said that Lady Bird needed to show strength, but it could not be perceived as the front runner coming out of this evening. That's what happened to La La Land last year, winning seven awards, the most ever at the Golden Globes, and then the most nominations in Oscar history after that, or tying the record, rather, um, and then people per- perceiving that it could win the most Oscars ever based upon that. You know, La La Land all of a sudden became the big film that needed to be taken down. So, Will, I think you're on the money here in saying that because Three Billboards had a more successful evening winning four awards total, Lady Bird, I know some of us on the show here were predicting it to win for Laurie Metcalf, Screenplay. Um, Some people thought it was going to win all four awards it was up for. And the fact that that did not happen, as I predicted, is exactly the ammunition that Lady Bird now needs to still be perceived as the underdog, to still be perceived as the little film that could, and ultimately be the film where people cast their vote for because they are passionate about it and they want to vote for it and because it is the underdog film and people love rooting for an underdog. Guys, I even think if Three Billboards win SAG Ensemble, I still think Lady Bird is winning Best Picture. Oh, I agree. Yeah, and I also I also think those think pieces that were appearing towards the end of November about three billboards are going to come back with a vengeance. Now, mm-hmm. the minute people start calling it the front runner, I think the takedown campaign is going to begin in a major way. That's the other thing that's going to hurt it, like it, because it is divisive. Maybe apparently not within certain groups as much as it is on film Twitter, but uh, those voices are powerful, and if they really draw attention to some of the problematic racial issues. You, so, and, and, but then on top of that, it's just messy as a film. But no, go ahead and say what you're going to say. Do, do you think that a film that is made to intentionally make people angry, <laughs> it's, it's actually doing its job? I don't know. Um, is, the movie is an encapsulation of the anger of America. Yeah. Oh, so let's let's really think about that. Is the humans or a Serbian film? Is it doing its job? You know, its goal was to disgust people. It did that. Does that mean it's good? I I'm not gonna say that that necessarily. Or a Denise D'Souza documentary, <laughs> like you know, it's his goal was to piss people off. And encapsulate the anger of right-wing America. Does that mean it's a good film? So, look, I'm a defender of Three Billboards too, but I, I am with Will on this. I, I think it, it absolutely those think pieces are going to come back with a vengeance. It's really the only one of the Best Picture nominees, unless I'm forgetting something, that has any sort of divisiveness or or you know controversy around it. Unless you count Call Me by Your Name's age thing, but but that's not even close to winning Best Picture. So I definitely and, and think it's going to be found too. By the way, created right. by people on the internet just looking to take it down. They're, right. There's nothing wrong with Call Me By Your Name. Right. Well, I think the interesting thing on Three Billboards for me is that, you know, obviously I think if you go into that movie looking for a morality tell and something that is going to solve all the world's problems, you're going to walk away highly disappointed. Well, nothing's solved by the end, so that makes that yeah. makes perfect sense. You know, they're going to figure it out along the way. Right, and I, I don't think that's what that movie's about. I think that movie is about the complexity of anger and and that even in angry people that I'm not even talking about Rockwell, but even in angry people like Francis McDormand, there are still 
you know, moments of, uh, of good and, and people trying to work through things in their own way, whether it's right or wrong. But this is a fictional movie that tackles hard subjects. I, you know, I, I, I guess I just have a hard time with kind of holding it accountable to being able to answer all of those questions appropriately and call it a bad movie for not doing so. I'm not saying it's a bad movie, but I do think it's the, the problem is you did say it was poorly made tonight sloppily made i think was the word you used i don't i'm not sure i think i said it's a mess sure uh, was, but that my, my point stands though okay but the thing is if you don't want to hold it accountable it does try to put itself in that conversation though and it's trying to ask you to take it more seriously than something like in bruges does you know like it's he wants to go for his kind of extreme crude comedy, but he also does kind of want to have a message movie. I don't like I. <sighs> Let's take a step back. Let's take a step back. Let's all conclude right now that three billboards is not going to win best picture. We're all in agreement on that. Yep. Yes. Yes. Okay, good. Now, do we think that the wins for Francis, Sam Rockwell and the screenplay though? Do we think that they received any boosts tonight because of those wins? Definitely. So we are in agreement that these categories are still ones that three billboards can win, but we all think that three billboards can't win picture, right? We're all on the same page on this? I don't say can't win best picture. I I, I think there's certainly a world where that happens, but I don't I don't I'm not leaning that way. Hmm. Uh, see now, because I because I believe that the film can't win Best Picture. I, I really do think that um, uh, the merit of whether or not it should is a different story in my mind. But the uh, actual facts that are in front of us and the way the award season works, um, and with that preferential ballot being exactly what it is, I can't see a world where it wins Best Picture based upon the think pieces that have been put out on it, which. You know, are, are very. Uh, it's interesting because on the festival circuit, you know, I guess it was just a niche audience. Not many people had a chance to still see it, and it was still having its uh, its impact on people. And of course, you know, when you see stuff on the festival, you tend to elevate it a little bit more because you're the first ones to see it, so on and so forth. Now that the film's been widely seen, I totally understand um, the arguments against it, and I could see why certain people would then, you know, hold it accountable and then thus not vote for it. But uh, with that said, you know, Get Out right now leads and precursors in best original screenplay, um, like by a wide, wide margin. I think it's got something like 25 wins this season. Lady Bird and Three Billboards have seven each in the runner-up position. And I, I tell you this much, I, I still don't think Three Billboards can win screenplay if Greta Gerwig and Jordan Peele are both nominated. I, I just don't see it. I think one of those two win, I, w- I think one of those two are destined to win for screenplay. Definitely. Yeah, I agree. The, f- the fact that Jordan Peele was not nominated tonight is the only reason why Three Billboards won. And for those that were predicting Lady Bird to win, Greta Gerwig did not have a Best Director nomination, so all the math was there to suggest that they were not so much a fan of that movie as they obviously were for Three Billboards. Three Billboards even got it to score. Yeah, so true. I think it's very clear that this small group of people, the HFPA, just so happened to really like Three Billboards the same way that, uh, you know, a, a tiny critics group like, uh, I, I don't know, Las Vegas like Three Billboards. I think Francis McDormand, though, and Sam Rockwell, who both won tonight, 
you know, I was really taken aback by Sam Rockwell's enthusiasm at the win and how endearing I thought that might have come off to people. Yeah. Yes, I did. Like he was genuinely I she came excited, up you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and then I'm kind of thinking through your narrative just around the underdog status with um, Lady Bird and then obviously Gerwig missing the director nom for the Golden Globes. But then you even had, you know, Natalie Portman's call out tonight about that director category. Oh. Um, it just makes me wonder. Oh, yeah, that if, was savage. It, yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it makes me wonder how that could play. What do you guys think? Oh, Gerwig's getting a nomination. Yeah, um, so, no yeah. question. So confident on this. Yeah, definitely. I think she gets a nomination. And I think Peel misses. Oh. Oh, that is sad, though. Yeah. I, I don't see a world where they both get in. And I'm sorry, Will. I hate to break it to you. I think McDonough gets in. Uh, it's looking increasingly like it, likely. I'll just pretend it's for in Bruges. <laughs> but, like, if you look at it from the perspective of Nolan and Del Toro are safe, I know some people, you know, are saying don't say Nolan is safe. But assuming that Nolan and Del Toro are safe, uh, I don't know. The McDonough, Peel, Gerwig lineup sounds like it's too good to be true. Uh, and I just have such worries about that. What about Sean Baker? That's And that's where it comes into play. I have Sean Baker getting in over Jordan Peele right now. I can't, I can't fathom seeing Greta Gerwig in this year in particular. I cannot see it happening. I just can't. Yeah, but if they're going to hold three billboards accountable, it's going to be in the screenplay. I don't know. I still think Get Out and Gerwig could do yeah, it. Yeah, I'm leaning that Am way. Am I just too happy? <laughs> too optimistic? <laughs> yeah, I, I, as much as I want Florida Project to overperform and get in everywhere, I, I'm I'm still wavering on that. And I think the Academy is going to really, really love Get Out. And I think I, I see Get Out overperforming on nomination morning. Oh, you do? I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I'm not like you know betting money on that, but I just I really think that that he's gonna have a lot of love. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, moving on with some of the wins here for this evening as well. Uh, Lady Bird wins comedy musical and comedy actress. Um, I did say earlier in the evening that if Margot Robbie did beat Saoirse Ronan, then Margot Robbie was probably the one to beat for the Oscar. If that did not happen, um, that still leaves. Best actress kind of wide open. Yeah. Um, and I even also said, too, that um, no matter who won tonight, Margot, Sersha, Sally, Francis, Meryl, didn't matter who won, we would still have no indication of who's ultimately going to win Best Actress. So now I'm going to ask all of you, Dan, who's winning Best Actress at the Oscars? Uh, well, first of all, I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Deanne, what, what about you? Best Actress at the Oscars? Oh, my, I mean, come on. Can we just talk about nominations and not winning? Uh, Will, do you abstain as well? Oh, fuck. Um, yeah, I abstain. <laughs> Guys, I, I still think it's Sally Hawkins, but okay. I, I do too, but I'm not sure at all. No, no, no. I'm definitely not sure. I, 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 I'm just saying that I'm sure, but deep down, I have no idea. <laughs> uh, and then next, uh, next uh, on the list here, we had Best Actor in a Drama. Guys. Guys. I could not believe my eyes. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. <laughs> Gary Oldman got on the stage and he thanked the Hollywood foreign press. He did. And you gave me some shit for that, Matt. Uh, I did. I'm sorry. <laughs> you did. <laughs> uh, uh, Will, what did you think of Gary Oldman winning? I mean, I think he's a deserved winner. Um, I think he probably will still win the Oscar. It's an undeniable performance. That being said... You saw the Gary Oldman think pieces are coming quickly. Yep. Like he, yeah. he and Franco 
could be in for a beating in the next. Did you guys see Ali Sheedy's tweets about Franco, by the way? I, I might did. As well go yeah. And bring this up. Yeah. Yeah. He's lucky all this didn't break before voting started because I think both of these guys are in for a beating in the next few weeks. Um, yeah, I mean, Oldman, I was a little surprised how uncomposed he was with his speech because he's got such a gravitas on screen. Yeah, he seemed so nervous almost, didn't he? Yeah, which was interesting. But yeah, I, th- I think he'll win. I, I just can't see Chalamet winning unless those think pieces just kill Oldman. So yeah, we'll, we'll see on that. Yep. Um, I thought that was definitely the most interesting, uh, you know, win of the evening because a, uh, you know, we all kind of didn't really, not all of us, some of us predicted Oldman to win, but uh, after the comments that he's made about the Hollywood foreign press in the past, it was uh, kind of shocking. At least I thought, uh, best actor comedy musical went to James Franco. Uh, majority of us were predicting that. Sorry, Deanne. Um, That's all right. <laughs> but, you know, Will, those stink pieces are definitely coming, and they're not lying under the surface. I, I Here's the thing. Here's the thing that everyone could take, you know, comfort in. James Franco is not going to win best actor the same way Casey Affleck did last year. Gary Ullman... Uh, I know he's got issues in the past. I know that, you know, there's a lot of stuff there. But that one, I think, is one of those things where, like, typical Hollywood fashion, they're going to just brush it under the rug. You know what I mean? It just seems like this is the narrative and this is what they're sticking to. And they don't want to listen to the noise. You know, they're they're just not going to open up their ears to it. Um, Here's the here's one of the most interesting uh wins of the evening guys what do we make of Allison Janney um I think this could be the start of a sea change I personally prefer Metcalf but that is a very flashy performance and Itania's clearly popular but if it's not popular to win in any of those categories you know it that could be a good way to reward the film particularly if they're going to reward Lady Bird elsewhere when it comes to the Oscars. So. But aren't you like me, though, in the sense that this this felt like more of a Golden Globes thing to go for Janny and Metcalf seems like she's destined for Critics' Choice and SAG? I hope so. Um, certainly Critics' Choice. But mm. this was just Janny reminding us that she's still here. That's a good point. <laughs> well, I actually just saw the performance today. Um, finally, in Salt Lake City. Um, and I'm just curious, because I kind of feel like Itania has some of the same potential divisiveness that you kind of get out of um, uh, Three Billboards in a different way. But, I mean, there's some of the same kind of uh, things going on there in terms of themes kind of unresolved. Um, so I was I, I was a little bit surprised to see it. But um, at the same time, as long as Lady Bird got the attention elsewhere, I was kind of fine with it. I mean, she was great, is my point. She was great. I, I don't I don't have an issue with it, I guess, um, as long as Lady Bird's getting love elsewhere. I'm, 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 I'm there with you. Yeah. I, I don't mind I don't mind to spread the wealth mentality. Um, tell you the truth, I, I hate it when one film wins everything. Unless if you're Return of the King <laughs> and you're rewarding three films, th- then I can kind of understand. Yeah. My initial reaction when Janie got it, immediately my head goes, okay, now Margot's winning. I don't know why I do that. I think everything has to come in in pairs or something, but. (laughs) Sometimes it does, you know, sometimes, you know, like Saoirse and Lady Bird winning together that, you know, that, that makes sense, you know, or, um, 
sometimes they'll do director and picture, you know. Um, so it, it, I, I totally understand uh, where that mentality comes from. Best original score after El- Alexandre Desplat wins for The Shape of Water tonight. He officially takes over Johnny Greenwood in The Precursors now by one win. Um, guys, I, I've heard both scores, and I think it's pretty clear that Alexandre Desplat's going for uh, Oscar win number two. No doubt. I agree. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> No argument here. Yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, having arguments, uh, best original song? Yes. Oh, gross. I, I almost oh. changed it the last second. I just, I, I thought voting closed before all the love <laughs> for Greatest Showman took over, but I, I am officially changing my prediction from Remember Me to This Is Me. Wow. You almost uh. changed your prediction. I almost changed the fucking channel. Like, I. <laughs> I I walked outside and stepped in the biggest pile of The Greatest Showman this morning. I mean, I hate that film and I hate that song. I will be livid if it wins. What did you have, Will? Did you have Remember Me? Yeah, I thought Remember Me oh. would get in. Or it yeah. would win. No, I mean, no, I, Will, Will. I don't know why, but I have you marked down for home from Ferdinand. What? Yeah, I swear to God. <laughs> That's what you picked on your ballot that you sent Oh, that me. was a mistake. I meant... Um, Remember me. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know how you Jesus. pulled that one off. Is that, is that the Jonas song? <laughs> no. Okay. Um, so, Dan, you were the only one to pick "This Is Me" from the Greatest Showman. Listen, I liked I liked the music from the Greatest Showman. I don't like the movie. You know, Agreed. I listened to the soundtrack, and I have been listening to the soundtrack though. Yeah. Um, there are some tracks I like more than others. Uh, this is one of those tracks that like kind of falls in the middle for me, but. I mean, it was really clear to Hollywood Foreign Press really liked The Greatest Showman. Um, I guess we should have seen this coming. Um, I, unfortunately, now I think might have to abandon my Mighty River narrative that I've been uh, predicting for a couple of uh, weeks now and that Mudbound would get severely snubbed, you know, miss out on picture, maybe even Mary J. Blige gets snubbed, but it gets nominations for the song and for adapted screenplay. And then the song becomes the way to reward Mudbound. Uh, I don't know. I think I got to jump off that ship now. But it sounded really good on paper. <laughs> you almost had me convinced. <laughs> well, the one thing I'll say about yeah, this is me is it. De- it definitely kind of has that anthem to it. You know, it's like the song for you know people who are different and the disenfranchised and rising up and all of that. So, I mean, I think it definitely has a message for for right now that maybe some of those other ones like Remember Me just didn't kind of hit with the now quite as well. Yeah, this is a really weak category, I think, this year. And remember me, it kind of felt like the winner by default because there was nothing else. And uh, the Souf John Stevens song. Oh, I totally agree. That's easily the best song song. from a film this year. But or the ghost story song. Oh yeah, I think this is me has it. Yeah. Gross. (laughs) Dan, I'm glad you share my hatred for that film. (laughs) All right. And then um, we get to my favorite category of the evening. You guys were really upset about This Is Me. Guys, I literally almost threw my cell phone when In The Fade won Best Foreign Language Film. (laughs) Uh, And it was so funny because everyone on film Twitter knew. Like, I got so many messages from people like, oh, Matt's probably flipping a shit right now. And I was. I really (laughs) was. So are you the only one who's seen it? Have have you guys seen it? No. No, me either. Yeah. Um, I really, really, really loathe that movie so much. And I think Diane Kruger is amazing in it. And she is the only good thing about it. 
but that is a movie. You want to talk about a movie that just did not work for me? That one. <laughs> that one did not work. Um, uh, God, and it sucks that it keeps winning, and it's going to, uh it's made the short list, and uh everything. How, like, how is this, how is this the winner, and BPM beats per minute is not, is beyond me, you know? Ah, uh, anyways. Moving on from that, because uh, I don't want to get hung up on my anger so much. Um, let's, uh, anything in television? Anything? Anybody? Aziz won, and I love it. Yeah, that was a great win. I was excited about that. It is kind of ironic that the last two years, he made a big deal about losing to Jeffrey Tambor, and then yep. the year that Jeffrey Tambor is not nominated, Aziz wins. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when he had that book, How to Lose to Jeffrey Tamper? Oh, so good. And, but, and, and then Tamper lost. Remember how weird that was? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He lost to Mozart in the jungle, and everyone's like, wait, what? <laughs> um, what else did we have happen over in television? Handmaid's Tale. Ewan McGregor. That was awesome. Yeah. I am so glad to finally see Ewan McGregor win an award for anything. Something. I really want him to get a nominated for an Oscar so badly. Maybe it will happen for Obi-Wan. <laughs> right. I'm totally kidding, by the way. Um, Elizabeth Moss won. Uh, no surprise there. Uh, Rachel uh, Brosnahan uh, won. Uh, the f- Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Um, a lot of us had that predicted. Big Little Lies was the big story of the night in television. It swept all four awards. It was up for Nicole Kidman, Laura Dern, Alexander Skarsgård, and Best Limited Series. Guys, I know. I know. I know. I should have picked Nicole Kidman. I, I know. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. You should have picked Nicole Kidman. I, 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 I tried to predict a Golden Globes what the fuck win, and it didn't happen. So, yeah, okay, you know, all right. I should have picked James Franco. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we all, we all try to do little kooky things every now and then in our predictions to just try to get that one thing right, you know? So Oprah has announced her candidacy. <gasps> Basically. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Confirmed? No. No. Oh. Oh. I'm like, are you reading a tweet right now? Like, what's going on? (laughs) That would be so cool. I know. Um, I half expected it, actually. She nailed it. She had the line of the night. Their time is up. That was amazing. Yeah, so good. That was the best. Um, The whole speech was incredible. Tanya Harding was there. That was a surprise. That was interesting. Yeah, my parents didn't really react too well to that. Yeah. They're they're definitely Too many bad memories. Yeah, they're definitely still in the whole why are we glorifying her? She is a you know, a criminal, you know, kind of mentality. Right. I've seen and a lot like, of people saying that they I think it could not not as much controversy as three billboards, but it could I don't know. It could affect its chances. It could play. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people are predicting it's going to do really, really well on nomination morning after the week that it had with uh, getting it to PGA, WGA, and so on and so forth. But um, I don't know. I'm still, I'm still pretty reserved on the matter of uh, I Tanya at the moment. As much as I love the film, made my top ten this year. So, um, all right, uh, what do we think of Seth Meyers overall? It was good. Yeah, good monologue. He didn't really have a presence in the second half of the show, but he was good while he was there. Yeah, I thought the opening monologue started off really, really well. And then all of a sudden he made the Harvey Weinstein joke and I felt the air <laughs> in the room died just a tad bit. Uh, then the Kevin Spacey jokes. And then I, I didn't like that set up punchline thing. Yeah, that whatever was weak. that was. Yeah. You know, so for me, um, I, I'd give him like, you know, seven out of ten. 
most of the time he worked for me, there were a couple of missteps here and there. Yeah. We all want to know about Jeremy Paramount, though. That, was great. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that one connected PA on set. <laughs> and, and the real Jeremy Paramount tweeted at me during the show. <laughs> I, know, I, I really loved that, actually. <laughs> that was really funny. And did anybody spot um, any, like, gif-worthy moments? There's always yeah. oh, the best moment of the whole Will show. Defoe. Yeah, Will had yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot about when, that. when he's like, "Did you hear about Willem Dafoe?" Oh God, not him! Yeah, he got nominated. <laughs> like, don't do that. It was so funny. And his face. Oh my gosh! <laughs> perfect. He did his uh, goblin eyes from Spider Man. <laughs> goblin. <yeah. laughs> do you know what I've sacrificed? <laughs> I, I did feel really bad for Willem Dafoe. You know, one of the first awards of the night he lost, and then, you know, his film's not up for anything else, and he just has to, like, sit there, you know? <laughs> it always sucks when that happens. Okay, so uh, we've talked about the wins. We've talked about uh, what impact they may or may not have. To be honest with you, heading into the night, I knew that this was going to be a difficult one unless if something truly shocking happened. Um, and then I would probably think that, okay, there seems to be some buzz now for that. Like, so for example, had the night uh, gone, you know, as according as planned, and then all of a sudden, I don't know, uh, Meryl Streep won Best Actress. Then I kind of would have, you know, rose an eyebrow and been like, hmm, are they on to something here? You know what I mean? Um, Or if Margot had beaten Saoirse, et cetera. But everything kind of went, pretty much exactly as planned. You know, the number ones or number twos for each category pretty much won, and there were no real shocks in the end, right? No one was really shocked by by anything, right? Yeah. All right, so overall, uh, good evening. Uh, Any final thoughts? I have a couple final thoughts. Okay, hit us, Deanne. I thought it was interesting that there was a preview for Mudbound on NBC during (laughs) during Mm. the show. Anyway, I just thought that was ironic given that um, I wish that movie had done a little bit better in the awards show, and um, unfortunately, it wasn't marketed right. So that irony hit me. Um, And then the second thing um, was I loved Guillermo del Toro. I mean, who doesn't? And then he had this little quote about monsters being the patron saints of our imperfections that I thought was so lovely. You know, I'm a Three Billboards fan, or excuse me, Shape of Water fan. So here we go. I was excited about that. He's so well-spoken. Yeah. He's a sweetheart. It's so clear why it's like to me, like I understand Nolan and I get it. And I think Nolan's movie is still the directorial achievement of the year. But Del Toro has worked the circuit so well. And when he opens his mouth to speak, you just cannot help but love that guy. He's so endearing. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it makes perfect sense for me. I'm totally down with it. And I love, 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 love that he shut down the music during his speech. That was yeah. great. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. And I do think one of these days, Nolan will, even if he doesn't win this year, he'll win eventually. That narrative gets more and more undeniable yeah. every time. Mm-hmm. And and honestly, you know, like I think Dunkirk is a very good film. I don't think it's his best film. And I don't think, it, it's going to be the best film he ever makes. I'm sure he's got bigger and better things in the tank. So if he doesn't win this time around, it's not the end of the world. Agreed. I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. Absolutely. Okay. So now with that said, um, let's just answer some really quick, quick answer questions. Let's keep them short, guys, uh, from the fans here. Uh, we already answered this question. How likely is it three billboards wins best picture if it also wins ensemble at SAG? Uh, not likely. 
do you think the Academy will give Best Picture to three billboards or Lady Bird? Lady Bird. All right, we're just going right through these. Uh, Jess, Cinema Bliss, asks, are there any odds stacked up against Timothy Chalamet? I mean... Lots. Y- yeah, at this, at this point. I, I don't know if she means the nomination or the win, but nomination seems assured, though. Yeah. Right. You know, a win... He needed to win tonight. I, I do say this now. I kind of feel like he could still win a Critics' Choice. Or or is this all Oldman all the way at this point? It feels weird to say it's not Oldman all the way. So I don't know. All right. Uh, now the next question that we have here uh, is uh, biggest upsets. Uh, nope. We, we got that kind of done also. Um, and then Brent Leone is a Daniel Day-Lewis actor run over, or is there something that could give it heft if it hasn't already? BAFTA? win? Yeah, but even if he won BAFTA, I mean, I don't think anyone... Unless... Because basically what happens is you take Oldman out due to scandal, and then Chalamet just steps right in as the de facto winner, and... Honest, I mean, hell, I think if they go for Get Out in a, I, in a major way, I think Kaluuya would win before Day-Lewis would win. Yeah. I mean, like, I think Day-Lewis is firmly in fifth in that race. There's even a chance that he misses. Yeah. I don't see that, but I don't think he wins. Fan underscore girl 21. After tonight, is there any hope for Nolan and Dunkirk? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean history is littered with Golden Globe director winners, Barbara Streisand being a point, an example that did not win the Oscar for director, so absolutely, I mean, hell, like Catherine Bigelow didn't win here you know, and she won everything, absolutely, I think Nolan, all he needs to do is win the DGA and he's back in the race you know, there's a decent chance he takes BAFTA as is, so, yeah uh, this one comes from uh, Diaga on Twitter. In the supporting actors, supporting actress categories, who do you think can land a nomination as a result of coattailing on their film's nominations in the other categories? Woody Harrelson is the is the easy answer to that one. Yep. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, I think Hammer is kind of a coattail. I do too. Yes. I'm sorry. I know I hate to say it, but I I, I think that film is all Chalamet. This one comes from uh, 7LSW uh, on Twitter. Will, uh, this one is practically for you, I think. Do you think Mystery of Love can still win Best Original Song? Yes, but I'm not predicting it. Um, They need to show that they really love Call Me By Your Name, and it needs to get in for a number of categories at the Oscars. And right now, its momentum is not in a great place. It could happen. Sadly, I don't think it will. So the, you feel like the film has to do better for the song to get yeah, it? Yeah, like if Guadagnino were to get a nomination and, I don't know, it got in for cinematography or something that showed there was a lot of widespread love. You know what? Maybe. But as it stands now, I don't think it will. And the last question we have here, Vinyl Collector James. Uh, this is a 2017 question for everybody here. What was your 2017 rewatch that made the biggest jump um, from – a film that you liked the least to a film that you liked better uh, the second time you watched it or the opposite. You liked it and then you watched it the second time and you liked it less. Uh, for me, it was get, for me, it was get out. I've, I've now seen get out uh, three times and each time I see it, I like it even more. 
for me, it was Baby Driver. First time I saw it, I was I thought it was okay, and then second time I watched it, it was like something clicked in my brain, and it became my favorite movie of the year until Lady Bird. So for me, I really liked Logan in the theater, and it lost some steam for me on the second watch. I haven't really done many rewatches this year. Uh, I guess Get Out, a film which I liked on first viewing, but really, like Matt, it's only on repeat viewings that you came to appreciate its subtleties. It gets better. Definitely, yeah. definitely. All right, and now the moment that, well, maybe some people have been waiting for. I'm not entirely sure. Um, I really, really, really have been so anxious to talk about this. Uh, The results of last week's poll on uh, Next Best Picture. So last week I asked everyone a very simple question. What did you think was the best film of 2017? Guys, we received over 500 votes for this poll. Oh, my God, that's amazing. 47 films were represented with votes. And only 14 of those 47 uh, received one vote each. Um, in the one votes, uh, I, I want to just pay special mention to the films that got a single vote from people, uh, such films yeah. like Alien Covenant, uh, Lady Macbeth, hmm. Moonlight and a Monster's Call. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's for me. Yeah. Because I know how much you love when people consider the year before's films as this year's films. But I do think you're right. In the UK, I think Moonlight is technically, it came out this year. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Uh, World of Tomorrow 2. And then um, one of my favorite uh, votes here, Triple uh, X, The Return of Xander Cage. Wow. Oh, yeah. yeah hey. that, that got a vote from someone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, the most surprising thing about the list in the, you know, a film that only got two votes uh, is The Post. Wow. So uh, I would say that that was the film that surprised me the most in terms of how low it ranked overall. And is that because people haven't seen it? Maybe I would some. Say, I, I would say so. Yeah. So now what I'm going to do is this, is I'm going to reveal now the top 15. Okay. Okay. All right. Ready. So number 15, Star Wars The Last Jedi. Number 14, Phantom Thread. 13, Baby Driver. 12 was Logan. And 11 was A Ghost Story. Hmm. And now in the top 10, we start getting into the high vote-getters. This is where things get truly, truly intense. Um, We had in 10th place, three billboards. 9th place was Get Out. 8th place, The Shape of Water. 7th place, The Florida Project. 6th place, Mother. Wow. 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 Mother received 38 <laughs> votes uh, on our poll for the best film of 2017. Super cool. In fifth place, the top five now. With 41 votes, Blade Runner 2049. Hmm. Nice. In fourth place, with 55 votes. Lady Bird. Hmm. Oh my gosh. And the top three films, as voted by the fans of Next Best Picture on the weekly poll. Wait, what's left? What's left? Okay. Phantom Thread. In third place, with 60 votes, Dunkirk. And then the top two films, with votes of 99 and 92. Wow. Guys, I, I I don't know what happened, but the last day of the vote, the second place film literally went from the bottom 20 
and literally went all the way up to second place. I don't know how it happened, but it happened. Second place, voted by the fans of Next Best Picture as the best film of 2017 with 92 votes, just missing first place by eight votes. Good time. Good oh, that's time. Cool. Wow. That's really cool. That's really cool. Oh, I know what number one is. Can anyone say it for me? I think it's Call Me By Your Name. Call Me By Your Name, yeah. It is Call Me By Your Name. So, Call Me By Your Name, Good Time, Dunkirk, Lady Bird, Blade Runner 2049, top five best films as voted on by the fans of Next Best Picture for the weekly poll. I want to thank everyone so much for filling out their ballots for us. And, hey, listen, even if you were just Robert Pattinson fans I wanted to see Good Time win, I I appreciate you taking the time to fill it out anyway. (laughs) Thanks for counting all those by hand, Matt. Yeah, yeah, no problem, no problem. Uh, it was definitely a, a fun endeavor, but um, I, I actually took great enjoyment in seeing uh, everything kind of move around. Call Me By Your Name was always in first place and never, ever lost its place to anything, ever. That's awesome. Wow. Good taste out there. For this week's poll, we are asking everyone with the release of The Commuter this week, uh, which film contains Liam Neeson's best performance? So we have a couple of films listed. Uh, we have films like Batman Begins, Dark Man, uh, The Grey, Kingdom of Heaven, Kinsey, Les Miserables, Michael Collins, A Monster Calls, Schindler's List, Silence, Taken. Um, ultimately, I'll ask you guys, uh, Will, favorite Liam Neeson performance? Schindler's List. Deanne. It is Schindler's List, although I love that Taken line, but it's Schindler's List. Dan? My head says Schindler's List, and my heart says The Grey. The Grey, yeah. That's a good one, too. I actually I, I actually have to go with The Grey myself. I, I, yes. I think The Grey is... Oh, so you good. You know, when you put it in the context of he made that after his wife uh, tragically passed away, that film just takes on like a whole other meaning uh, in terms oh, of yeah. his performance. Yeah. So good. And to me, Batman Begins is good, too. I, lo- I love him in Batman Begins. Well, it's good until they like turn him into a mustache twirling villain in the third act. Yeah. That's a good you point. Know, if you'll excuse me, gentlemen, I have a city to destroy. It's like, oh, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> uh, okay, Will, I'm, I'm pretty much done. Um, there's no trailers to talk about this week. Um, so with that said, uh, what did you uh, want to tell us uh, you know, this week in the world of Oscar? Wait, you don't want to talk about the trailer for what's uh, April Fool's Truth or Dare? There we go. <laughs> I'm is good. that what it is? I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> Hello, everyone. This is JD from the In Session Film Podcast. Each week, we review the latest from Hollywood, California. Well, yes, Brendan. We also give top three lists. Okay. Yeah. Thanks again, Brendan. Additionally, you can hear us talk other movie news, trailers, varying movie series, or other interesting film related topics, and even rants and raves of the week. That's correct, Brendan. On top of our main show, every Friday... You can also hear our extra film podcasts. Good job, Brendan. Thank you, JD. It's my goal to make you proud. You're the father after all. <laughs> yes, and I'm very proud. Uh, you can listen to the In Session Film podcast on... iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or at InSessionFilm.com. Brendan, will you please let me complete just one... Nope. Oh, for heaven's sake. Listen to the In Session Film podcast every Monday and Friday. Subscribe today and hear me verbally beat JD like a Cherokee drum.
No, 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 no. That's not how this works, sir. Hey, no, you, you, no, no, you no. go cry at Midnight Special again, oh, okay? That's okay. what you're I good will. for. I will. You know what? And I'll do it while pummeling you. I'll do both at the same time. How are you going to pummel me? Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't buy it. That's just how <laughs> it works. So I went to the Visual Effects Bake Off last night. And for those of you who don't know what that is, for the makeup and visual effects categories, instead of just sending out ballots to Academy members, basically the entire visual effects branch crowds into the Academy Theater in Beverly Hills, and they all watch 10-minute reels of 10 films that the Academy Visual Effects Branch nominating committee has chosen to present themselves. So you have these 10-minute reels, and then there is a three-minute intro for each of these reels, explaining some of the things they want you to look out for, and then there's a five-minute Q&A after all these. So each film gets 18 minutes, and it's fun because it's just packed with both Academy members and the literally the entire visual effects branch. And they're very animated. They cheer, they boo, they clap. Uh, so last night, uh, big takeaways. You know, usually Tapley or one of the variety guys are there and do an analysis. They didn't this year. But things they point out, it's very bad to go first because you're usually forgotten by the end. This year, Dunkirk was first uh, because they had a 70 millimeter projector set up for it. And you can tell kind of who reacts to what. Films I can say are probably out. Alien Covenant is probably out because basically the entire way they structured the reel was our narrative is that we're really gross. So they just focused on gruesome kills. And people like brought their kids to it and stuff. And you could just hear people cringing and shrieking. So it was like a montage of alien rips out of spine, alien rips out of throat, alien rips out of chest, you know. So I think that one's out. Uh, Dunkirk's reel was pretty sloppily cut together, but they made a point of saying, of showing it was all practical effects. There was literally no CGI in any of the underwater footage. Um, They were like, well, how'd you sink the boat? Oh, we, we built a boat or half of a boat and blew it up what about the plane oh we blew that up too uh this is a fun fact the planes were remote control small scale they flew them a mile off of shore and they followed them with uh, imax camera and a helicopter but because imax cameras can only record so much film they could get like seven minutes of footage and then they have to go all the way back to the shore put in a new uh cartridge reset and fly back out uh so I think that'll get in because of the practical effects group, but the presentation was not good. Shape of Water didn't quite stick the landing the way some people were hoping in this presentation. Really good intro, but um, the reel didn't quite capture the magic, and it was the only film at the Bake Off where there was extra time and people not asking questions. Like, they're like, oh, any more questions? Silence. So maybe it's because they did a, such a good job explaining at the beginning, but that's never a good sign. Um, Okja got a really good reception. You know, I talked to some guys afterwards, and I had two or three say that they thought Okja was definitely going to get in. One of them thought he could even win the whole thing because, quote-unquote, it had heart. Um, there was one guy who said, I really like the one with the fish. And... Uh, <laughs> The, the war one. What's it called? Dunkirk? Yeah, that one. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, he liked those. couple people singled out Kong, which actually had a pretty good reel. Kong's face had more hairs on it than the entire bear in The Revenant, which is pretty crazy. Um, 
Guardians had a fun promo, but it was kind of more of the same. Um, Star Wars, I actually talked to some people who thought that they, that was one they talked about was more of the same, and there were a couple voters who thought that it could even miss uh, because it doesn't have anything Peter Cushing single it out. So I think the consensus three right now are Blade Runner, which had incredible reel, Planet of the Apes, incredible reel. There are no trees around that prison set. Those were all CGI. Um, and they threw major shade at Andy Serkis, basically saying that they hand animated 95% of all of Caesar's expressions and just used his motion capture for reference for most of it. So that's some shade. But I think it, Blade Runner, are secure after last night. They got great reactions. Um, I think Dunkirk probably gets in because of the practical guys. I think Star Wars probably gets in, but I actually feel a little shaky about it. And the last spot, even though it didn't quite stick the landing, uh, is between Shape of Water and Okja. Um, oh, Valerian's people just were self-deprecating the entire time. It's hilarious. They just made fun of themselves and the fact they were even there. Hell, there's a world where it gets in just because people thought that was so endearing. <laughs> so did it change anything for you in terms of what you were thinking going in? in as t- it made me a believer in Okja. They were very strategic and they didn't show the spots where the CGI was wonky and the guy, the VFX supervisor really played up the cuteness factor. He mentioned that it was based on his beagle Um, and the eyes, you know, he talked a lot about the eyes there. So it made me believe that's contender. Uh, It made me believe Valerian is not a contender. You know, some people thought that maybe, oh, it made it this far, it could get in. It's not getting in. Um, it was also a really poorly structured reel, just incoherent. What about Guardians, though? Because, uh, like, a lot of that film is CGI. Yeah, and actually, there was some shade thrown. They asked the practical effects guy, what was the hardest part of your job on this film? He said, finding something to do. Oh, jeez. Because uh, it, C- it was all CGI. The thing working in its favor is it got the most vocal reactions in the audience because they kept laughing because they just showcased all the funny parts. But I think what it's going to run into is it's not that different from what they had before uh, in the previous film. And also, uh, as David S. Cohen of Variety pointed out a couple years ago, the tech branches don't like Marvel. We don't know why, but unless it's something really unique like Doctor Strange, it, they almost never get in for visual effects and they never get in for sound. Every year a Marvel film gets a CAS nomination and lots of MPSE nominations, and they never get in the sound nomination. So the tech branches don't like Marvel. So I'm always inclined not to predict a Marvel film getting in unless it's something really groundbreaking. You would think that with so many years in the industry and the success that they've had, that they would be a staple at this point. But I guess we've become, you know, like you said, for Star Wars, we've become kind of numb to it in a way. And unless if they're doing something truly revolutionary, it's like we just, we don't care. We'd rather go with the, uh, you know, in, in a way, would you say like Oksha is like the ex machina of this year? Oh, definitely. See, now that's very interesting. That might that might convince me to put it in over Shape of Water. Yeah, Shape could pull it off just because, you know, they mentioned, they really, they played up how involved Del Toro was with it too. Um, you know, he they, he was on, he was in the post house overseeing every bit of animation, which directors don't do. He, he was very, very involved in that. They said he's an animator at heart. So, you know, like that is, it, it's, it's going to be a fight between those two. I really think it is. Well, here's my, here's my worry. I, I, I worry that uh, Star Wars is not as safe 
as you're saying it is, uh, or or it or you're or you're not saying it is. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what to make of uh, Last Jedi, and with the way that that film, not the way it's been received by fans, okay, because the fans are not the industry. Um, I I still a part of me could see a world where Last Jedi does not get in for visual effects. Like I could see it. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of the the last Hobbit movie, you know, where it's they're just doing more. Of the, I mean, this film was better received than that film and made more money, but the the mentality and you know the later Transformers films, the mentality of this is always well done, but it's nothing new and unique that we haven't seen mm. uh, multiple times before. I mean, they they played up some things. They played up the fact that oh, we had to completely re- redesign Snoke from the ground up because we wanted him to be real and look like a human. Uh, you know, they played that up and they played up the practicals. They mentioned that Frank Oz, you know, they brought him on to operate the puppet Yoda. Yeah. And they said it was 19 degrees outside and it takes hours to operate that puppet. And people usually leave the set because they don't want to sit and watch. But people sat in the cold for hours just to watch him work. You know, so they played up sentimental things like that. Um, and, you know, they were careful to emphasize just how many practical effects they did. But yeah, I... Come Oscar nomination morning, I may predict it to surprisingly miss, just so I can get both Okja and Shape of Water in there. Oh, uh, this is a fun little detail about Dunkirk. They uh, they never use green screens for the cockpit interior shots. They created little cockpit sets. They stuck them on gimbals, and they literally hung them over the edge of a cliff, and they just rotated around so that when they tilted them up, you would see the sky, and then you tilt them down slightly, you see the ocean. So it... Um, that's cool, right? That's awesome. That's baller. Yeah, so um, that's kind of the gist of those. I talked to someone who was at the Makeup Bake Off, and the two big hits there were um, Wonder and Darkest Hour. And um, I, I'm now a believer for sure on Wonder, not just because of what Feinberg said, but I think Darkest Hour is safe. Apparently its presentation was incredible. And then I, Tanya, is probably in third. People really liked its presentation. But the bright makeup artist apparently charmed the pants off of people. And do not, under any circumstances, predict Victorian Abdul. Because apparently it was incredibly awkward. They just didn't have much makeup to show. And then literally no one asked questions afterwards. <laughs> so um, you can write that one out. And apparently it was really awkward with Ghost in the Shell. Because they asked about the Asian question. And it just got weird. So uh, probably not that one either. <laughs> Yep, so that's that's kind of the scoop on the bake-offs. All right, very cool. Um, and then, of course, uh, we had the PGA announce their uh, 10 films uh, this week, the Producers Guild of America. And, um, you know, the most the most interesting aspect about that was that I, Tanya, and Molly's Game uh, made the cut along with Wonder Woman. So no Darkest Hour, um, no Mudbound, and uh, what was the other one that shockingly missed? No Florida Project. So... You know, in looking at the PGA uh, and seeing, like, Defoe not make it again tonight, I'm starting to wonder if Florida Project really is vulnerable in the end. Oh, yeah. When it comes to nominations for things like Picture and so on and so forth. Yeah, I I mean, I I really been, people have been uh, making the comparison to Room all season, and I really want that to be true. It's one of my favorites of the year, but uh, I'm, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not thinking it's a realistic goal. Yeah, Florida Project, I wasn't shocked at Miss PGA. I know, I think uh, Mark Harris mentioned beforehand that it might be perceived as not having been very, quote-unquote, produced just because it was so indie. 
Uh, and, you know, Room missed the PGA a couple years back and then overperformed. I, I, I think it's going to be fine. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I've had it predicted for cinematography, director, picture, and Defoe. Um, I might have to dial that back on just a little bit, but it does feel like a stealth uh, director nominee the same way that uh, Lenny Abramson was for Room. So, I, I mean, like the comparison to Room, both of them being A24 films, I, I get it. I, I truly understand where it's coming from. Um, yeah, I don't know. I still need to see what happens with things like BAFTA and, you know, so on and so forth. Um, Critics' Choice is happening, I believe, this week as well. So that'll be fun. Um, I really don't have any predictions to necessarily give out for that. I think it's pretty uh, obvious that Critics' Choice likes to go with the safe picks, you know, so. This week is stacked with stuff. Oh, this is insane. We're going to have BAFTA. We're going to have Critics' Choice. Um Whatever guilds are announced. All right, so this week we have on Tuesday the BAFTA nominations. On Wednesday, the Cinema Audio Society, which is the sound, basically the Sound Mixer Guild, and the Costume Designers Guild, which is Costume Designers Guild. Um, you also have the DGA on uh, Thursday, and the Critics' Choice are also on Thursday, and then several more regional regional critics groups as well. So it's it's a pretty stacked week. There's something literally every day. Yeah, I don't know how I'm going to be able to cope. Um, <laughs> it's going to be a lot to uh, do on the site over here. But it'll, but it'll be fun now. It'll be a lot of fun. You know, this is the time of the year where hearts are inevitably going to get broken. And I'm just here for the meltdown, as I've been famously saying over the last couple of days now on film Twitter. Oh, and uh, speaking of meltdowns and, you know, film Twitter is melting down over three billboards right now. I need to clarify because some people are going to give me shit about this. I never said Three Billboards was poorly made. I said it's a mess, and that is more a comment on its screenplay than it is on any of its technical prowess. Its screenplay is a mess. That's what I mean, and that's a comment for another time. It's a discussion for another time. But uh, just to clarify, I don't think the film itself is quote-unquote poorly made. Okay, that's fair. Um, I will say this. If it ends up winning, you know, Best Picture in the end... Um, fine. You know, I mean, like I'm at this point now where the wins and losses don't necessarily matter to me as much as analyzing why the win happened or why somebody that was supposed to win, uh, because the season kind of conditioned us into thinking that it would go that way did not like if Gary Oldman in the end did not win the Oscar, but he won everything else. It would be like Russell Crowe, the year of a beautiful mind where he won everything on his way mm. to the podium and then lost to Denzel Washington in the last minute. Um, I would love to, I, I, I much more love, you know, to analyze why that happens as m- more than the satisfaction of the win itself, if that makes sense. I don't know. I, 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 I the, the main theme I've been noticing this whole season is that I think people need to not get so emotionally invested because the, the race will break you. Every year it does for some people. I mean, nominations, when things get snubbed, it hurts. When your favorite does not win, it hurts. The season hurts. You know what doesn't hurt? When you like a lot of movies 
and you are able to find comfort in the fact that we're celebrating a lot of these movies. I think people are getting a lot more riled up this season, maybe because we don't have a crystal clear, never have had a crystal clear front runner for Best Picture, so everybody feels like their film has hope or whatever, and so they just get pissed off when something else wins. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, that's a good analysis. I I, I can get down with that. What do you what do you think, Will? What do you, what do you make of like the the, the temperature, so to speak, of uh, everybody oh, this season? Well, I think it's also just a symptom of a direction society's heading as a whole, which is it's far more opinionated and far more convinced than ever that everyone else is wrong. Um, and so I think that you know it was kind of inevitable. The more and more involved people get on social media, the uglier it's going to get. So if you think "Call Me by Your Name" is hands down the best film of the year, you're going to believe that anyone who doesn't think that is wrong, and it's it's going to get ugly. I mean, like if you think "Lady Bird" is the best film of the year, you know, like it's, I think it's an ugly temperature. It makes it entertaining to watch, not so enjoyable to be a part of. Yeah. Um, I like seeing the meltdowns, but at the same time, I don't like being engaged in them. I I don't have a film I truly, truly love this year. You know, I, I haven't for the last three years. They're all films... <laughs> Must be sad. That <laughs> I, I, I don't have any I feel particularly passionate about, and I haven't since 2014. You know, I they're all films I respect. So there's well, no. What was that 2014 film that I loved? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I I liked I really liked both Birdman and Grand Budapest. I liked most of the nominee. I really liked most of the nominee. I loved most of the nominees that year. Um, it, but like 2015 onward, I've been like, yeah, they're all good. You know, there's not. Oh, Whiplash. Sorry, Whiplash is a film I shit my pants over. 2014. Um, but like Spotlight, The Revenant, and The Big Short. It's like, yeah, they're they're all good films. There weren't any that really slayed me. Moonlight and La La Land, I both really, really liked, but there weren't neither of them was I soiling myself over. And then this year, you know, um, I like to bitch about three billboards, but it's a solid seven for me. And uh Lady Bird, I'm I'm a big fan of. But you know, like there's nothing that just slays me. So at the end of the day. I'm just kind of watching it all. I do think three billboards, if were it to win, will end up being perceived as one of the weaker winners of this decade. Um, I can totally see that. I can totally see people. And you know what? You know what, too? It also feels like it's just the wrong winner uh, in this year in particular to kind of like, in a way, you know, you think about... um, I don't know. I feel like Lady Bird is more of the represent the represent uh, representative vote for the year as a whole. You know, with the Me Too movement and with everything else that's been happening this year, to have a film that's about women, written and directed by a woman, that that just to me that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Whereas, whereas, uh, you know, Three Billboards is uh, just another white dude giving his perspective on sexual violence and race relations there's obviously a lot more to the script than that but if you want to look at it from like a social perspective whereas if it's what represents the year of social change it is either get out or ladybird agreed all right well with that said uh let's all get out of here right now there's a lot of stuff to still go on with the oscar race and it's late and i'm tired and i need to sleep dan where can i find you on the internet 
You can find me on Twitter at HowitDK or on my main show, The Screeners Podcast. Will? You can find me on Twitter at Mavericks Movies. And Deanne, I'm sorry we uh, we lost her a little earlier, but I still want everyone to know where they could find her on uh, Twitter. Damn you, Internet Connection. Deanne, where can they find you on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter at TweedledeeD33. That's D-E-E-D-E-E-33. And you can find me at Next Best Picture. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, and also on CastBox. Be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Let us know what you think of the show. Nothing less than five stars is acceptable, but we will take them anyway. We will see you all next time. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.